Hello everyone and welcome back to Latter Day Takes. I feel like so much has happened this last week. Like, I can't believe it's only been a week. In fact, it hasn't even been a week since I dropped my last episode. Since then, which by the way, if you recall, the title was Julie Hanks' Knee Whore. I stand by that. Julie Hanks has clapped back a few times, actually. And I will detail that on the back end of this episode. So this episode is somewhat of a hodgepodge. I mean, most of my episodes are, let's be honest. That's no surprise. So what we're going to do on today's episode is I'm going to give a brief news segment. I don't think there's really much to talk about because here's the thing. Most of the news is negative these days. And I mean, it's been negative for a while. And that's tough. That can be tough to talk about. So I may have to switch around kind of what I want to do for that segment. I may have to do like funny little stories or things like that, but I'm not sure. I'm still workshopping that in my head. I like this segment. I don't want it to end altogether because I like breaking it up that way. However, I don't want to do strictly like news, current events. Maybe if something seems pretty relevant, state of Utah, church, things like that, maybe that's, maybe I'll do that. But as making it constant, it's kind of like, well, then we got to, we just got to like sift through the weeds and just find all the negative stuff because it's all anybody's talking about on a mainstream level. Anyway, so we'll do that. We'll do the new segment still today. And then after that, we'll follow it up with a conversation that I have with John Stevens. Our boy is back. Love having John in the studio. Our conversation is all about Zach Wilson and that scenario. We lay out the scene. We talk about some details. I give some previously undisclosed information from what I believe that's at least not out there in the mainstream. The national media can only have so much of this information. I have specific people telling me specific things, not just about the relationship between Zach Wilson and Dax Milne, but also the relationship between this other woman that he allegedly slept with that's friends with his mother and how she got involved and then who she is. I do know who she is. That's the big bombshell for today's episode. So we talk all about that. I give kind of an overview of that scenario. Anyway, so you can just gear up for that. Anyway, I do think we it's, it's fun. I think y'all enjoy it. Anyway, uh, and then I'll close it out with a little bit of a uh, Julie Hanks update because I just, I can't help myself. I'm sorry. Uh, when she started clapping back, that's when that's when things got especially good. So I'll give you a little bit of overview of the back and forth there. And I'll also give a little bit of more of my thoughts on that because, um, I don't know, it just it's worth talking about. And I've had conversations with other people that have reached out since then that have been like, hey, like, these are my thoughts, you know, and not everybody agreed. Um, most did, uh, or at least they had kind of follow-up questions. But like, yeah, most people were kind of like, hey, I appreciated that. Like, that's something I thought about. But there was one or two that were like, hey, I follow her. I like her. This is why. And so I'll point those out too. Anyway, just give me a little bit of that. I'll catch y'all on the other side. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mormons are really nice people. Totally nice. They are the yes. best cult. Have you ever, under the influence of alcohol, questioned the teachings of the Mormon church? Well, these Mormons are so nice. Everybody's so nice. <laughs> Everybody's so nice in Utah. They're all Mormon, right? Yeah. So they're not most drinking. Of it, and they're like not cussing. They're like, Slovis, you stink. <laughs> I'm afraid it was the Mormons. 
Yes, the Mormons were the correct answer. Because God loves Mormons and he wants some more. Shout out to the Latter-day Saints. Shout out to the Latter-day Takes. I think that's what he says, right? Is that what he says? No, maybe not. Anyway, um, all right. So today's news segment is going to be fairly quick. Just want to talk about couple things real quick it's it's hard to talk about news these days it's very very negative granted it's always been negative whatever and there's only so much we could do about it so it's kind of like well maybe just focus on the things we can control how we feel about things what our actions are who we choose to coexist with things like that relationships whatnot anyway there's plenty of other things in our personal lives that happen that are hard to take we don't need to catastrophize it by talking about how terrible the economy is right now how the gas prices seemingly are just going up and up and up and up uh we don't need to talk about the fact that hunter biden the president of the united states freaking son apparently has pictures out there with him with hookers and potentially underage women allegedly uh cocaine like what the freak is going on there i don't really know the details but that's going out now and no one seems to be talking about it that seems weird anyway i don't really need to do more than that i don't really need to talk more about that uh, because especially since today, the news segment is basically, it's what I talk about for the main part of the podcast. It's with my boy, John, and we talk about Zach Wilson. We talk about the situation with his mom, with his mom's friend, with his girlfriend or with his ex-girlfriend and with his ex-best friend now, essentially. So we get into all that. That is, that is the news segment. So I don't really need to talk more about specifically news. I hope everybody is happy though. I, for one, am looking forward to a Lake Powell trip that I'll be doing next week. I'll be going down, and I'm going to take the week off. I'm not going to release an episode next week. So sorry, but you've been warned. It will not come out. I'm going to take the whole week off. I'm taking it off of work. Uh, right after Lake Powell, I'm going to a good friend's wedding. I'm looking forward to that as well. So anyway, there's lots of things to be positive about. I hope you can find the ones in your life to be positive. Um, on the back end of this episode, I am going to go through the exchange that I had with Julie Hanks, which if she happens to listen to this, she might be just eating this up right now, being like, who's this guy to tell people to be positive when he calls me Nihor? Huh. Well, I'll address that all later. That'll come at the end of the episode. This is a good one, folks. Uh, king size episode, if you will. So buckle up, get ready, enjoy the ride. Love y'all. Enjoy the conversation I have with my boy John, and I'll catch you on the other side and give you the breakdown of what has subsequently taken place between me and Dr. Julie Hanks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sometimes in life, the gods smile upon you, my friends. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what you mean by that, but it's an incredible way to start a podcast. Well, thank you. I'm a little bummed you didn't catch the reference. Oh, yeah? Did you get somebody to take that Canadian quarter? Oh. <laughs> that's a deep cut. I that's was a not, deep one. I was not yeah. kind of primed for it, but that's wonderful. I workshopped it on a fellow Seinfeld fan last night, and she didn't get it either, so I was like, oh, okay, crap. That makes me feel bad. I thought you were going to say, like, 
he workshopped it and it went over incredibly no, well. No, it didn't so actually. It didn't. That makes me feel better that I'm not the worst Seinfeld fan, you know. But that is exactly how I felt going into today's podcast, kind of putting it all together. I felt like the gods were smiling upon me specifically because here's the thing. As you're aware, and most of my listeners are aware, I started this podcast for jaded BYU sports fans. It was titled Fifty Shades of Blue, which actually seems more fitting for an episode like today's. I was going to say, we might need to rebrand this for one episode. (laughs) Fifty Shades of Blue is back. Yeah, it's back for one time only. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, (laughs) I forgot that it was called Fifty Shades of Blue. I understand why you changed it, but it's a great name. It is a good name. I I cannot take credit for it. That was actually Chase's. Chase came up with that. And then he's like, Bud, we can't do that. And I was like, no, we're doing it. Well... It's definitely good because it's you kind of were stuck in just only BYU sports, and this pod has blossomed into so much more. So I love the way you said that. Latter Day Takes is an even better name. (laughs) Thank you. That's an incredible name too. Thank you. I appreciate that. And it has good branding. You could always do LDT, you know, stuff like that. Anyway, that's exactly my point. Is that um, it kind of pigeonholed me to say the least, and it was really hard to come up with content, you know. So obviously pivoted to more kind of church coverage. You being in Utah. BYU, U of U, all that stuff, right? Anything and everything. And then obviously I, I can expand that spectrum however I want. just goes through that lens. Um, but when a topic like this comes across the desk, so to speak, something that has national prominence, falls into your lap, you just can't help but think that somebody's watching out for the podcast. Days like today. And John Stevens joining me today on the podcast. I'm so glad you're here and I'm so glad I get to spend this with you. It's an honor. Fresh off uh, last time I was here, talking about Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, I came out of the Tom Cruise closet to you, basically. And it's an honor to come out of that closet with you. (laughs) Although I felt like I feel like I've been pretty not publicly. I don't have the platform that you do, but I've never I've been unabashed in my TC support. But (laughs) probably more so than I was. Yeah, I mean, in no small part, probably thanks to us and Clark. What was the yeah pilot's name? Clark. Clark Heyman. I mean, over a billion dollars at the box office. Yeah, no, I guarantee TGM. TC's biggest movie. I'm, I might email Tom Cruise for some residuals. Well, I would for sure at least get in touch with Paramount. Yeah, and say like, hey, I mean, I didn't hurt. It didn't hurt. I didn't hurt. Tap sales definitely did not hurt. So I just mean, a thought. Spotify is starting to kick over some money here and there. So like, you know, why not? Yeah, Paramount as well. <laughs> get on the train. All right, let's get into the recap. So, I'm, I'll I'll do this the honors. I'm going to try and make it succinct because everybody pretty much knows by now, but I'm, I would bet you about half the people listening to this specifically really don't know the full details of what had taken place. Feel free to fill I mean, in however you, you want. you know the full details, that's why I'm here because I know you have the full story. And that's, There's that's a, there is about. more, and here's the thing. That's what I'm excited to share to all of you, you today. you got sources, quote unquote I have sources. sources. I have sources. And I even have something that I'm going to bust out to you later in this episode that you'll be like, wow, really? Anyway. I know that. I'm calling my shot. I cannot wait for that. But pl- feel free to pepper in your Listeners, commentary. Listeners, stay tuned. Exactly. Feel free to pepper in commentary wherever okay. throughout this, right? So, a couple weeks ago, I hear from Chase, who's on the podcast, Chase Bartholomew, mm-hmm. um, that Dax Milne was dating Zach Wilson's ex-girlfriend. And you know, it's like, oh, that's pretty juicy, right? Sure. But I didn't think it was necessarily enough to merit like a segment. Yeah. And it might have been like a shout out on the pod, like, oh, guess what is happening in BYU world, right? Sure. Nothing more than that. But then it drops, obviously, this last Sunday, that there was way more. There's a, a huge bombshell tied to it. So what happens is that Zach's ex-girlfriend, whose name is Abby, posts a picture of her and Dax Milne at the beach. And not fairly innocuous. You don't really think much of it. Sure. A commenter calls her out and introduces us 
and the rest of the world to the term homie hopper. Homie hopper. That was one of the best parts of the story. Seriously. That was in the lexicon immediately. Yeah. Have you ever heard that? No. I had never heard it. Neither. I loved it immediately. It's like, it's one of those things. It's like it could have been in Seinfeld. Yeah. It's just that's like a good immediately point. like, that's uh, the close talker, the homie hopper. 100% 2022's like version of yeah. Seinfeld. Mo- where's the modern Seinfeld tw- yeah, exactly. Twitter handle? Yeah. Get that on there. Ooh, we've been missing that one for a while. That's a good point. Yeah, I think it went dormant. I think so. Um, Abby responds to that comment and says, and this is all alleged, by the way. The disclaimer. <laughs> Blanket alleged on all of this. I don't have for my... legal purposes. Yeah, yeah, I don't have my lawyer on retainer quite yet, but... Um, Abby, we, we can pitch in on a, on a legal defense. I appreciate fund. that, yeah. Um, she says, allegedly, Zach had actually slept with his own mother's friend. And that's why they broke up, thus making him the real homie hopper. And she actually said that, which was amazing. And by the way, I, I want to throw this your way real quick. What are the chances Dax Milne actually helped her come up with that reply? That's uh, pure speculation. I, I couldn't say. I think Do you think high. he's is he clever <laughs> enough to... I don't want to like overgeneralize football players, but generally not the most clever Fair enough. folks. Fair enough. BYU but, might have a little bit higher average in yeah, that sense. Yeah, for sure. Well... But, Maybe not. <laughs> in, my ex- in my experience, I wouldn't say so. That might be bad timing, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, so from there, chaos ensues. Just pure chaos. So a guy from Barstool gets up, like, he's the one that does the basically the investigation there. Zach Wilson at some point gets involved, even like messaging this guy that breaks the story. Zach Wilson claims it's not true, supposedly, and some people in his camp are kind of saying that, but nobody's really overtly come out and said that's not true. So everyone pretty much just believes it. I believe it, and I'll tell you why here a little bit later. Um, But this kind of brings me to one point that I kind of thought of, was that sometime last year on the podcast, I was making a comparison between Taysom Hill and Zach Wilson. I said something along the lines that Taysom is a total BYU guy. Mm -hmm. And that just made sense. He just looks, feels, breathes, everything that seems more BYU, which I know he was a commit to Stanford initially, but after the mission goes to BYU. And Zach Wilson never really had that same feel to me. And do you think this is why? And, like, is that maybe the most prescient thing I've ever said on this podcast? It's If that's the reason, if you knew that was the reason at the time, that's definitely prescient. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's interesting. I think, like, the obvious thing to say is, like, Zach has been pretty upfront about, like, I didn't grow up, I'm speaking as Zach, like, he didn't grow up going to church. Like, their right. family was not active in the church they're they're mormon i'm probably culturally mormon and but like not and living in draper so it's you're kind of in it but yeah like he i think he's been pretty upfront right about like he didn't wasn't really super versed in the church and doctrine and anything he learned more about it when he was at byu than he ever really had growing up so i didn't actually know and i think he sorry to cut you off but i think he he and i think he's sort of been out in front of that to kind of be like look i'm not steve young i'm not Taysom hill He's more not, Jim McMahon. I'm not going to be, yeah, he's closer to Jim McMahon, <laughs> yeah. although more baptized than Jim McMahon was. If, if we can't handle him at his at his Jim McMahon, we don't deserve him at his Steve Young. Yeah, I don't know if he Does might, work? I don't know if he's going to have the pro career of either of those guys, but. <laughs> um, you don't think there's Super for, Bowl, the Jets are winning Super Bowl next sure year? For sure not Steve Young. He might, he might like get dragged to a Super Bowl by an all-time defense. Yeah, maybe. And wear a headband. He's got that. He does have the headband, that's true. Yeah. So. But I think, like, to be fair to Zach, like, I don't think he's ever, like, put himself up as, I represent BYU football. No, I agree. I don't. I and agree. I think, so I'm, I'm sure, like, you saying that and observing that is is 
kind of probably the persona. Or he like, would look at that and that's be like, how he uh-huh. would, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm trying to he would inject. And I'm not trying to offend him. No, like, yeah, and, and he wouldn't take it offensively either, I don't think. But it's just kind of like, that's how I felt. Like, you're not a BYU guy. And by that, I didn't mean like, oh, he's not an active member. But he grew up a U of U fan. Like, right. And there's, that had and a lot that to do with it, too. It too. Yeah. Like, and that, this is, I was trying to think about that today. Like, this, it was like, he was like, uh, like snubbed, right, by the U. Yeah, they didn't they recruit, didn't recruit him. Straight him. up so didn't recruit he just, him. Yeah. All right, I'm not going there. There's no question he would have gone there. He was he wanted to yeah, go there. Yeah, if they expressed any interest yeah. at all ever, then he would have been there. There's like those pictures, that famous picture of him as like a yeah. 12-year-old like at, some, at, camp. at camp with yeah, Kyle like, Whittingham. Well, yeah. like I remember there was a picture too. I remember maybe it's that one I'm thinking of or like him and his dad in like Utah jerseys. Yeah, something like, like that. Like his dad played there, right? Is that the story? That I can't remember. That sounds maybe... I think from, he did. His dad's a big dude. I right. Know that, so it's very likely. I want to say his dad played there. Yeah, that's probably right. So anyway, but so all that to say, like I think the perception or like your uh, read on Zach as like not being the biggest BYU guy is like I, if if you're thinking of like a quintessential BYU feeling player, Taysom, like some of these guys you've listed, like it would be someone that's probably a little more in line with with the church, or at least like projecting. Yeah. Like at this point, like Tony Finau is like more of a BYU guy, <laughs> right? Because like he's out there with five kids and. Well, in some ways, Jamal Williams, but like to that point, like Jamal Williams is more of a BYU guy. Like seriously, because he's been so like out up front and proud about it. Yeah, super vocal. His mom, yeah, exactly. Yeah, swag daddy, man, swag daddy. That's right. Um, I will say though, like with all that said, that you you don't need to be a BYU guy for me to love you. Like, right? And I interesting. I was never like I never. Nor do you have to be like an active like projecting. Of course not. Member to like. Of course not. Be a BYU guy or to have support of. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. In fact, in some ways that works for them. Sure. Better, right? Like, I mean, in some ways, yeah. Like, but um, I I never really took to Zach fully. Like, he just I felt like. It was more of a career-driven move. That's fine. I appreciated all that he did, but I just wasn't, like, a big dude. Like, I wasn't all in on Zach Wilson, but I couldn't help even me thinking, like, I felt a little bit like Dwight Schrute when he told Michael Scott, you know, I really would have appreciated a heads up that you were into dating mothers because I would have introduced you to mine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just laughing. It's still so good. There are two two sides to this that are interesting to me because you have Zach Wilson who comes across as a protagonist of an American Pie movie, which is, like, kind of Twitter's version of this, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, the Stifler Claws, Zach Wilson. <laughs> right? Uh, social media has kind of, like, heralded him as, like, some total, like, boss man. Yeah, but that's the funny... One of the funny... I mean, there's many funny things about this, but, like, how it seems like his estimation in the NFL world is, like, at an all-time high coming out of this. Like, he's got his teammates. Yep. Ocho Cinco's tweeting, like... Yep. You know, he's a dude now, and, like, mm-hmm. he got his teammates, and, like tweeting out the Terrell Owens, that's my quarterback gif, like, seems like the universal, like, part of my take on Barstool is like, they're putting him on the top of the quarterback power (laughs) rankings. He's got the dog in him. So, like, I think it's, like, it's a little funny how it's, like, definitely, like, upped his NFL rep, like, within the player community. Which I feel like is going to be inversely proportional to how he actually is. Sure. I mean, it's hard to say for and sure. And for but. sure, like, ultimately, that's based on how you play. So, right, like, this, exactly. It's all, and it's, I mean, it's the time of year, too, right? Like, we're kind of in the doldrums of OTAs have passed, rookie mm-hmm. camp has passed. I might be getting my NFL calendars here. But, like, we're not into camp yet, but, like, right. everyone's so thirsty for any NFL news. Like, there's no sports going that on. That is a other big than, part of this. That's, yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing. It's, it's a like, very big it's, part of this. A, well, and then there's the aspect of it's, like, this white kid, that pretty boy from Utah, 
Mormon kid well, that like what, whether he's identifying as like an active LDS member. The fact that he's a BYU matter. guy exactly. nationally though, that's nationally. how they've already placed him as that. Yeah, I mean he just looks like it. he looks like a missionary sure. now. Sure, you know yeah, the the baby face exactly. Well, and the other part of it too is like who his mom has been publicly. So that that's what I want to kind of get into. If I'm jumping no, ahead, no, no, no. Like, this is perfect. This is a perfect segue. To me, it's like that draft night and it's like he's baby face kid and everyone thought his mom was his sister yeah like, like she kind of stole the show because guess what she's from draper and there is that is a thing well this was still like in the days of her like hot too hot to handle twitter so right like getting super deep and getting getting deep in the comments and going back and forth with people so like her her public persona at that point was like pretty high absolutely and, and she, then you go to then your son goes to overall to new york and it's I mean, all this stuff's in the New York Post, right? So it's like yeah. everything's turned up to 11. If he was, it would be slightly less, I don't know to what extent. It wouldn't be as big of a story if he'd gone to, yeah, I don't know, no, that's Tennessee fair. or wherever. From day one, though, I was kind of on to her as like an attention yeah, whore. Yeah, I mean, there's always been something Because weird. literally like when he got his first start, she's in the stands and ESPN does like this five-minute interview. I don't know if well, you remember like, this, but I'm like tweeting about this. I'm like, why are we still on Zach Wilson's well, mom? That, I don't she, care that about That was this. his whole career. They, she'd be getting talked about. Yep. Either they would talk about her, they'd be showing her in the stands all the time, or they'd be interviewing her. His last year, however, she did seem to be quieter, but it might have been a COVID thing. Yeah, plus the last year... I'm sure a lot of it was COVID, but also, like, as the draft stock rose, I'm sure agents and Zach himself or coaches or ever, like... Probably trying to hey, quiet like, her down. Yeah, though. like, you being this upfront is only going to, well, like, so, draw questions from teams. But a year ago, though, after he gets drafted and everything, he then actually comes out, and I covered this on the podcast a year ago, he actually asked her to get rid of her Instagram. Well, he, like, said he'd pay her off. Yeah, he'd pay her. Like, is it money? Like, I'll pay you to do it. Yeah. And she's like, no, it's not about the money. It's because I actually help people out. So she's going on this, like, rant. Because well, what? I, I wish I and had the time, like, like do her it. handles. Because there was, was it, like, the Lisa Dance Fit era? Or was that just Twitter? But, like, at one point, she did, like, go get off social media for, like, a brief period, oh, I don't even right? know that. I, and I could be conflating or mistaking that. But I I think she was on, she still she was does, way like, more active of, on Twitter is that early right? in his career. Huh. Because it was like that, like Lisa Dancefit just. Is a, she still does it's that a handle though. that. So that's. But that was her handle, and like that just always like stuck with me. And then I think at one point she deactivated her Twitter, and like a Utah fan grabbed that handle, and they might still have it. Oh gosh, that's amazing! Up, but like, but I think at one point she like went dark on social media, and then she came back with Instagram, or maybe she never really left Instagram. I, I don't, don't really know, know but either. it seems like she's as active as ever in the Instagram streets. I've yeah, well, and like she's big in the physical fitness right. realm, which dance, actually like plays dance. a role in this, believe it or yeah. not. They, so like, She's like a dance Yeah, and does like cycling teacher. and stuff like that, I think. But she's also like, there's like lifestyle coaching, like, but I don't want to get too deep into like gospel subscription plans from last week's pod. I don't think <laughs> it's quite to that level, but it's like... By the way, there's more there. Oh. Ju- Julie Hanks came at me a couple times this week. Um, I'm, we're not going to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it at the back end of this podcast. Anyway, this episode. Let's go. But that's, I think there's been, like, an evolution of her social media. Because initially, I th- like, on Twitter, she was just getting deep in the comments and, like, arguing with people. Right. And now it's more, like, somewhat, like, lifestyle influencer. She totally mommy, leaned into mommy that. blog transformed yeah. into Instagram. Like Which, that. if it's working for her, good. Good for her, whatever. I don't, I don't really have an opinion on that. I just know that she's loved the attention. She soaks it in. And she this certainly is where hasn't out. avoided the attention. She certainly has not avoided it. And, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if Bravo... Uh, has already reached out to her. Gosh, that would, in the midst of some all form this, or another, that would be an incredible like uh, 
Oh, I think I think there's something in the works. I'm not kidding. I mean, think about it. Well, Draper has been in national on. news twice in the last like month and a half to two months, which I can't believe. I didn't really cover this on the podcast. Not really. I didn't cover it at all, and I should have, but I wasn't, for whatever reason, I wasn't really in the know. It wasn't really jiving with what I was talking about at the time, but this, the Mormon swinging moms, the Draper moms. Talk, man. Exactly. So people are looking at this nationally and being like, what is Draper, Utah? Which, by the way, for again, for my listeners, my hometown. <laughs> Uh, That's ba- the best part of this. Basically born and raised in Draper. I mean, I'm, I've moved there and went with my family when I was 11, but I've always claimed Draper as home since well, I'm so raised, not born raised, and raised. True. That's why I say basically. <laughs> I mean, it was my formative years, right? Well, I mean, speaking of of Real Housewives, we got we got guilty pleas coming from members of that cast. I was informed today. Oh, I, mean, I think I saw a headline. The, the, yeah. the Jen Shaw trial. Like, yeah. Speaking of football associated wives. Yeah. Coach Shaw's wife. Like, I mean. I, this is all legal speculation, but the article I read was like the sentencing guidelines for what she did is like eleven years Holy in prison. Cow. And like from what I understand, like federal judges don't really deviate from the sentencing guidelines. So it's like Jen Shaw's can go to ten ten years in federal prison. Holy it's cow. crazy. That but is crazy. that does open up a spot for Real Housewives of SLC. So <laughs> SLC could slide that's right. Lisa Wilson. Or hopefully two spots soon, right? Because we do have, well, we don't have a wife necessarily, but we do have a mother involved as well, aside yeah, from Lisa. But we'll get to her. Character. We'll get to her in a bit. Um, okay, so one real quick, by the way, this is something I was reminded of today as well. Do you know who Lisa Wilson, do you know her? what her uh, maiden name is? I sure do. She's a Nealman. David Nealman's sister. Yeah, Dave Nealman, the fam- like famous, I guess, is one way of putting it. He's I mean, a super successful businessman. Jet Blue. Uh, what was the one before that in Utah? I thought JetBlue was the big one he started. Well, yeah, but he started a like regional airline that I believe oh, sold that to right. Continental yeah. or Southwest. And I forget it Something sold. Like he, he started one that sold Morris Air. I can't remember, but anyway, big, big but in the airplane like, game, airplane yeah, game, I mean, successful in Utah. Moved did JetBlue sells JetBlue another, for well, Buku bucks and then starts Azul, and I think he's still doing that, which is like a base based out of Brazil. As I recall, I was on my mission at this point, but I believe that he left. JetBlue after they had like a horrific uh like was it like Christmas or Thanksgiving like they left people stranded on the tarmac for like 12 hours in a plane or something and it was I don't know maybe oh, it was, was coincidental timing man? and he was a CEO hmm. oh and, I didn't know about and that like left I think this could be like conflating stories or like oversimplifying it but I think he like sort of left like resigned as a result Man, of just that. so many controversies anyway, with this family no, but anyway, just kidding. yeah like, Newman's oh, killing oh, super it. successful yeah and billionaire billion multi-billionaire uh, yeah like billionaire. you don't think so I think he is let's let's just fact check that live while we're at it then I mean he uh, didn't own all of JetBlue didn't he start it though he started it but it's hard it's hard to build an airline without bringing in partners sure yeah obviously he's not gonna I would, okay I, you're right it says 400 million yeah but I would take that and if people wanted to call me a billionaire, I would also be a very that. generous rounding yeah. to get to a billionaire from four to a million. Um, Shout out to Gary Goldman, the comedian. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar. I don't, I don't really it's know a big that, thing about rounded billionaires, and then Bill Gates and Donald Trump. But anyway, it's like ten years ago. Okay. Very funny though. Listeners, go find Gary Goldman for some good funny stand up. All right. Um, so let's get into the Dax Milne part of this, because um, I want to talk about his role here. Cause he's getting some, uh, he's getting some fat flack. But let's go. So a little bit of history there. Uh, Dax Milne, something I discovered today. People have been throwing out the word best friend with Zach Wilson. 
That's absolutely true. Because apparently they've been playing on the same basketball team since they were 12 years old. Wow. Did not know that. Because he went to Bingham. Okay. So he's a local kid, too. For those that aren't familiar, Bingham is in South Jordan. South Jordan is literally across the freeway from Draper, basically. west from from Draper. Pretty much, yeah. Like, probably their high schools are in, like, same region. Yeah, probably. I'm not sure about that. Now, I grew up in a... Like, we played Bingham all the time. I went to Alta, but I was a Draper kid because Corner Canyon wasn't a high school then. Yeah, I think by then, like, Corner Canyon and Bingham were the 6A, like... They were probably the rivals. exactly. That's the point. Yeah. In the last 10 years. And so these kids are basically brothers growing up. So I didn't know that until actually today. Obviously... Plus the roommate. Then there were roommates at BYU. BYU, Exactly. And then, like, an amazing connection. And if you ask me, and this is something I've said before... At first, I was, like, shocked that Dax Milne wanted to go pro when he did, because I'm like, are you serious? Like, I don't think he's that good. All he did was strike while the iron was hot. Good for him. It was a best, the best career move he could have yeah. made, because Zach Wilson made him look pretty good, I think, quite sure. frankly. Um, he got drafted in the seventh round. He's on the Washington Commanders right now. Anyway, so he turned down three scholarship offers from the following schools just to play with Zach, by the way. So this wow. is like like they this was the plan the whole so time. He, to be he walked on at BYU. He did. It was a preferred walk on, but yeah, and he probably ended up getting a scholarship anyway. But Air Force, Army, and Weber State all offered him. So Weber State, I can kind of understand that one. Maybe you'd rather go walk on to BYU, but Air Force, yeah. Army, like those aren't nothing offers, you no. know. And like at that point, and coming out of high school, maybe you're trying to keep do whatever you can to keep the dream alive. But like, yeah. if you have a chance, I mean, I don't know. That's those are interesting that those are the ones because like. I don't really know how, like, recruiting works with Army and Air Force that well, but, like, that you're certainly committing to more than just playing football at a school. You can if get you, out of that now. No. If you have an NFL opportunity, sure, like, if you're coming you. out of high school and you're like, do I go play football in the Air Force, but then I'm going to have to be in the Air Force. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you could even still get out of it somehow, but all you'd have to do is just pay them back or something. Yeah. For your scholarship well, anyway, money or whatever. whatever. I don't really know. Whatever the but. circumstances there, but, I mean, scholarships. Yeah. Nonetheless. So... Anyway, little scholarships. history between those two, right? And so then they, they're best friends. I, what's the bro code here? That's my question, right? Because people are talking about that. Uh, like, did Dax Mill just, is he in complete violation of the bro code? Or is the fact that Zach Wilson allegedly slept with his mom's friend? And while he was, assuming this was while he was dating, I mean, she, she certainly alludes to it, Abby, his ex-girlfriend, assuming it happened while they were dating, and that's what subsequently ended their relationship. Here's a question. Does the order of operations here matter? Did he, well, like, is it, like, did Zach t- t- uh, cheat on his girlfriend with so his mom? Is that, like, what seems to... I mean, she is... You the, said, you, did you say his mom or this mom? Because you mean this mom. This mom. <laughs> okay, just to clarify. Listen, there's a lot of moms. It's <laughs> hard to keep them all straight. But, yeah, right. did when, when Zach allegedly hit up this other mother... Friend of his mom, the other was, mother. The, <laughs> did uh, was that like? Is he cheating on his girlfriend? And so that's why she's pissed and like bringing this all this up because she feels like she got cheated on and and does then that does that make it more possible? Is it, is it no, possible so that she went just like beelined it for Dax Millen just to get revenge right. on? Yeah, that and then that's the, the next point. And like, if you're was, Dax Millen, do you say no to that? I don't know. Yeah, if you're yeah, did she was she intentional about? going to Dax Milne or you know I'm sure if the, if these guys were best friends they probably spent a ton of time together too so like they were seen at the BYU basketball game on the sideline like in January 
Dax Milne and Abby start dating around like February, March, supposedly. So, to me, like, is it a broco thing? Probably, but like, does it happen hundreds of times a day around the world? Where Absolutely. like your your friend breaks up with a girl that you liked her and had spent time with her because they were dating and you were friends. So, yeah. and something else happens. Like I feel that like that's every sitcom that's ever been written. True. It's like we're basically living a new girl right now. So so, I like. Is it a bro code violation? Probably. Like, I I, so here's the thing. I is, I, it, is it justified? I tend to not get caught up in this whole thing because here's the thing. I've actually Man, I've had been, I've had friends date my exes, and I've dated a couple friends' yeah, exes. It happens. It happens all the time. Um, and so at that point, is that sort of esoteric argument? Well, so here's what makes it a little bit different. They're under the microscope. I mean, that's for sure. Especially I would Zach. assume everything yeah. Zach does is going to be. You're in yeah. New York. You're the starting quarterback for the Jets. You're the number two pick. You're coming off like a, a up and down rookie year, maybe slightly I would more assume. down and up. But like everyone's kind of pinning their hopes on you, and everything you do is going to get uber analyzed by fans and the media in New York. So like, I bet Dax Milne met Abby through Zach. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like they spent a ton of time together. I'm sure like the four of them that plays like, a role. Dax and his if he was dating someone, like I'm sure Dax and Abby spent a ton of time. Every together. scenario like I've been in, like the girl that like I dated that dated one of my friends, they didn't meet through me. The other girl that I dated that dated one of my friends uh, before me, I didn't meet her through him. So there, like that plays a role. I think that does exonerate you to some degree. I'm assuming he met her through Zach, right? Because they were thick as thieves. How would he have not? Now, I think that's huge in this. Um, another aspect is I cannot help but think that Abby is playing some major role here in trying to get Dax involved in a way that's like, I know this is going to just tick Zach off. So what ends up happening is when Zach actually finds out about it, he calls Dax Milne up and just cusses him out like Mm. crazy. Interesting. That's the word on the street. Very interesting. So that's where they're at right now. Do they ever recover from this? I mean, probably not. Because now now you're not living together at BYU. You're not best friends. They're going on with other things. Uh... You know, Dax is off. Whoever, whatever's going to happen there, Zach has moved on to various moms of Draper, and <laughs> and he's dating like some TikTok star in New York, right? So like, yeah. I mean, Zach Zach is the twenty is he twenty two now? Like, he's like the twenty two year old right. starting quarterback of the Jets, living in New York City with a thirty five million dollar contract. Expect? Like, yeah. I don't think he's going to be like laying awake at night worried about his friendship with Dax Milne that's like struggling to make the commander's roster this year probably Good so point. it's like yeah. their their lives are just going to continue to diverge so I think yeah. it's I think it's sort of alright that was it so Dax Milne was pretty weird and they're just coaching he's coaching at Weaver State in yeah, over, I'm going to I'm going to put the over under at three and a half years yeah he's he pops up somewhere as a receivers coach and recruiting yeah. coordinator and starts trying to get on the he should be a live coach dating coach I'd subscribe doing something right so okay let's talk about Zach for a second I have an inside scoop on a couple things this is why we come to this podcast right yeah that's why you should come to this podcast pardon my take Bill Simmons Skip Stephen A like no, no you're not getting the sources that we got no, here on they're not and Colin, Colin, Coward yeah, Colin Coward actually talked about something today that he was looking for that I have Let's go. So Let's we'll get to that in a phone. second. Yeah, Folks. right. I want, I wish I could have tweeted at him, but I felt I don't. I didn't feel like it was the right time. Slide in those DMs. Yeah, 
Well, I don't think it's are open. I was going to say, I don't know if Cowards yeah. are open. That would be <laughs> but, a professional hazard. So, I had heard stories. Two different people had told me the same story, which, to me, that makes it true. These two people did not know each other. I knew... I know a dentist who had a dental hygienist. Late 20s, early 30s. This dentist, I went to high school with him. He's a friend of mine. Yep. I know this same dental hygienist's roommate, independently from those two people. They both tell me the same story. And that story is, Zach Wilson slides into this dental hygienist's DMs, totally hitting on her. And at one point she says, and this is what makes it so good, she says, do you know how old I am? And he's like, ah, I kind of have a thing for older women. <laughs> oh, gosh. We just I'm not it, kidding. This is not a, a joke. This is not, it, I promise you. Absolutely this incredible. is not a joke. Can we put like a general, is this while he's at BYU? What's the timeline um, when, the, when that occurred, you know? Yeah, this is what always at BYU. Okay. Yeah, so he was up to shenanigans at BYU. Like, there's no everybody so kind of knows. So that. he's 20 years old, 19 years old. Allegedly, let me in. say that allegedly. By the way, again, sorry, but yes. Well, once it's been said to you by multiple <laughs> sources, I think that's what journalism is. I, don't I know. guess you're the communications <laughs> PhD here. Yeah, right. But uh, what when this allegedly happened? Like, so he's a 19 year old sliding into like a 29 year old's DMs. Yeah, roughly. Yeah, but she had a boyfriend, so she, nothing took there anyway, and that's why she was so eager to share, that's, I think. That's why nothing took. Probably, maybe, <laughs> I don't know, we'll see. But, uh, well, so there's that. Zach, get back at her, it's probably a little more fertile ground now. Or yeah. Is she married? I don't know. She, she, I think she is now, actually, okay. but she wasn't well, at the time. That might not be a hang-up for Zach either. Yeah. That might actually increase his interest, allegedly. We also know he went to prom his senior year in high school. Yeah, I saw that. This is pretty funny. With two... BYU cheerleaders at the time. Right, like four years older than him. Maybe. I, I don't know. that would be the it extreme, could, like 18 to th- That would be the most. But, like, but it could have been a year. High school to college. That's a bigger gap. And two girls. And from guy to girl. That's very uncommon. Yeah, older girls. Yeah. Coming back to high school to go to a prom with... So there's clearly a trend here. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's, this is like it's not it's not an isolated incident. It's not. It's, it's not. In fact, it's it is funny when you lay it all out, right? So, I mean, it's it's just comical at this point. Now, who is this other woman? The friend of Zach Wilson's mom, Lisa, Lisa Nealman Wilson. I have a name. Oh. <laughs> oh, I did not know this is where we were going. I have her name. Oh my gosh. That it is a 98% probability that it's her. I don't know for sure. But my sources are telling me, and I'm not kidding, dude. I'm not I'm not even I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm not making any crap up. Like I, I actually have right now. a name of a person who has been in contact with people that know this girl directly. We also have confirmed when you say just let's be Let's be specific about who we're referring to here. When you say no, this the other girl, mother, this girl, you're referring to the other mother. <laughs> the other mother. To Zach, she's a girl, allegedly, but to the rest of the world, she's a she's a mom. circa fifty year old. Yeah, mother. Okay, continue. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure we weren't introducing a third. No, you're woman good. Into this. Yeah, you're good. I appreciate it. So, she deleted her Facebook. Okay, like a day or two ago. Kind of an indictment. Super coincidental timing there. Right. Um, I think I found her on Instagram. I've requested to follow her. She has not accepted yet. 
Um, yeah, probably, I wouldn't expect that as forthcoming. But here's the thing. I don't feel great about divulging her name. I think that's fair. Because I just don't know for sure. But I'll tell you this. I, was, I will I, say, let me just say this before you get anywhere else. Not divulging her name is a very, uh, I don't know if mature is the word, but like someone who is like hustling, trying to build a podcast following, like you drop the name, this podcast is, gets picked up by like national, yeah, national media. Yeah. Right. Like that's, you're probably getting referenced in the New York post in a day or two if you drop the name. So by not saying it, that's you're you're certainly, uh. Making a choice. I am making a choice. Which yeah. I can only respect. I appreciate you pointing that out because that's how I feel. Because it would be like, yeah, like I could, I could, pardon I could my take, DM Colin Coward. Colin Coward. Pardon uh, my take. Exactly. Like, I mean, New York Post. All, yeah. all the New York. If, if this got to any football beat reporter, sports reporter, in anywhere in New York, they're going with it. They're going. This podcast in Utah with all these connections and mm-hmm. ties and multiple sources and can like. It, I, you know, who knows what, I mean, other than the New York Post certainly wouldn't be doing much fact-checking, but, like, <laughs> so I don't know who would be doing stuff, but, like, it's getting picked up nationally and in New York if you drop it, so. So. This, that, I just want that to be very clear on the record for any listeners that might be confused about the kind of potential magnitude of divulging that or not. Yeah. So let's, let's take a second just to let, like, the gravity of that sink in. Thank you. I do appreciate that. Thank you, John. Um, so I'm going to show you her screenshot of the Facebook. I'm going to show it to you. I'm going to show you her name. You can see her name. I don't really care. I Um, will not be divulging. Yeah. (laughs) But you are, you're going to do So I said I wasn't going to divulge it, but I didn't say you weren't. Very strong point. (laughs) No, nobody's divulging it. Bill Simmons make an offer. Yeah, exactly. Um, but let me give you a little bit background here. Uh, because I do want to talk about, there's a, there's a reason why I think you should see her Facebook profile and her picture that I currently have. Okay. Um, so this is some background real quick. Apparently she got in touch with Zach's mom going through her own divorce. This is the, this mm, is the other so mother. So crucial, crucial point there. Yeah. She's not, she's not cheating married. on a husband. Yeah. As far as I know. A spouse. She's not Zach. cheating on anyone. So yeah. she does have a child. Adults. She has a child. So that makes her the mother aspect of it. Right. Yeah. Um, Going through a divorce, Zach's mom, Lisa, specifically was apparently really helpful to her going through the divorce with her kid. So okay. doesn't surprise me. That's Lisa actually talks about that a lot, helping people. Like you said, like life coaching type things, right? Yeah. Well, this all checks out so far. She attended some fitness slash psycho classes that Zach's mom would coach. So they're like literally, like they like are there's friends. actual connections. Yeah, there's actual connections here. Documentable. However, they're not best friends. And you'll see in pretty much every headline these days that yeah. they are best friends. They are not best friends. That's the information I got. They're not best friends. They definitely are friends. They've been friends, been friendly. Exactly. But they're not best friends. And there's a reason for that. Because this is kind of what makes this whole thing anticlimactic. And this is where I'm going to show you. Oh, Interesting. Okay. What is interesting? I want to get your opinion without talking about it. The interesting thing to me is, like, she appears to be much younger. Exactly. Than. Exactly. Like, is that. What would you put her at? Than Lisa. I mean, mid-30s. I would would say that's the high end. I would would say it's potentially she could be in the high 20s. Sure. And what the national media isn't thinking of here is the fact that Utah has tons of women just like this. Yeah. Right? And so, 
I I would guess she's like about our age. Yeah. Like no, and like if I if I dated this girl, nobody yeah. would bat an eye. No. They'd be like, yeah, it makes perfect sense. It's a girl that got married when she was twenty four, had a kid when she was twenty seven, got divorced when she was twenty nine. That's super interesting. Because yeah, he's like best friend, especially if you put it that way. Yeah. But even friend of his yeah. mom. It's really been trumped up. You're quite insinuating a bit. or certainly making the association that she she is Zach's mom's age. She's like about around fifty. Exactly. Exactly. And also looks very young. So not that young. That's when, once the national media sees that, if they ever do, I don't necessarily want to be the reason why they see that, so they may figure it out on their own somehow, I don't know. Sure. Well, I mean, any any uh, national sports reporters listening, <laughs> right. get in the DMs to at Harper D. Anderson. Harpy, Harpy. on Instagram. Oh, Harpy on Instagram. Yeah. Isn't that it on Twitter? Harper D. Anderson on Twitter, yeah, that's right. Yeah, well done. Thank so you. Get in, those, of that. get in those DMs, yeah. national sports reporters, New York sports reporters, and let's start the conversation. But... That's super interesting. So, because you're you, what I'm thinking is what I let me go through my thought process as you're as you're kind of going on this. You're talking about it here, like I'm assuming what you're going to show me is a woman that looks like very similar to Zach's mom. That's that's what I. Everybody's thinking that right now. Everybody is. It's everybody thinks this is some like first Freudian sickness thing that he has with the love of his mom or something. Yeah, exactly. Shakespearean and classics, but like it's everyone's thinking like. For those in Utah, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And for those out of Utah, you might know what I'm talking about from, like, the mom talk stuff. But, like, a Draper mom is, like, a very stereotypical, like, super done up. Very blonde. Lulu, bleach blonde. Now, she is blonde, with that said. That's, sure, she I is blonde. That, she, she fits some of the stereotypes. Yeah. But you're certainly picturing, like, essentially a woman that looks a lot like and is around the age of Zach's mom. So... Hmm. And there's probably Just at all least the, a 15 year difference here. All the assumptions being made. Oh yeah, at least at 35 least. is probably high by me. She's probably 30. I would like, bet that would, about that's 30. That's like the, yeah. the guess. That would be my guess too. So, like, a, yeah, which is much closer to Zach's age than to his mom's age. Yeah, exactly. That and that's that's the caveat, right? Yeah. That's the thing where it's like if this actually breaks, it dies. Yeah, that's a good point. The the uh, the. All the chaos, all the intrigue in the story is like, oh, Zach's hooking up with his mom's best friend. It's the reason so why... So it's the generational gap. It's everything that has gotten the internet. So it's the reason why they didn't show the actual shark in Jaws movie well, until like, like three-fourths in or something, right? Well, that and budget constraints. <laughs> we can <laughs> but, do a movie pot another but week. That but sure, <laughs> that sure worked out in their favor, right? For because sure. the idea is everything is way more intense until the moment you see the monster... Yeah, because then you and know exactly what it is. But and then, the anticipation... But if it's a figment of your imagination, you have zero clue what that can well, hold. And especially in the Twitter sphere and Instagram age, like, the conjecture and the back and forth just builds and builds and builds until all of a sudden it's like you can't even believe what it is. And then mm-hmm. you see it and it's a... it's a Whatever it is, it would be a letdown from what people have built up in their minds. Exactly. I'm, I'm like, floored right now, guys, actually. <laughs> this is super interesting. So, wow. I'm glad I'm glad I got you, man. You totally got me. I'm glad. I, I mean, I'm sure you were intentionally sort of framing it that way, but like, I'm I was shocked when you showed me the picture. Yeah. So Dang. you earned the right to see the picture. I, other than that, I just I mean, my sources. I obviously was going to protect them, but I was obviously not going to like. I told them I was like, you know, I'm not going to share a name on the podcast. I don't feel good. Doing I that think anyway. that's the right. Yeah. Especially like divorced looked in that picture looked to be has a young kid 
like you're probably blowing up her life somewhat if exactly you, if you do yeah, that exactly. so you, that's a choice you'd have to make and then yeah. deal with the ramifications of and it. I don't so, feel good about any of that I think that's I think that's a the right call but also like an admirable call that not many would make given the circumstances of like trying to build a podcast yeah which you're right I mean because it would be easy for me to even promote this podcast and say I have a name listen to hear sure. who it is yeah you could promote it that way and then like or you don't have to you, you promote it by saying I have confirmed from multiple sources who the likely woman is at the center of the scandal. You promote it all around that, and then you get to the episode, and you don't actually reveal the name. But we, you have is that a conversation di- is that like dirty? That. I mean, you're certainly building it up as if you're going to reveal who it is, and you you event even that would probably get picked up. Like this podcast, if you, well, if I you, actually if think you I might did it that way. But I mean, it's funny that we're discussing this in real time because I think yeah. I, I think I will actually say I may or may not have a name because I do have a name, but. And I even have a picture, a screenshot of a Facebook profile. Well, so that's what you, I mean, you, you well, can say all that. What I do like is that we, how we talked about her appearance, because that's a big part of this. And sure. I think that's the actual, like, that's kind of the reason. Like, this is a young mother who we don't know, maybe she doesn't want any of this. She doesn't want any of this well, to be in the limelight. I can't imagine she would right? ever want any of that. Yeah, she actually, and if you ask me, just looking at her picture, she actually looks very nice. She looks very sweet. And she doesn't. She doesn't actually look like a Jersey Chaser, too, to me at least. There, does she look like one to you? That's I mean, that's just... pretty hard. I mean, no, but no, like mother holding their young child is going to look <laughs> that way, probably. But like, no, that's I fair. would say no. But I would also say that's like super speculative to base that off like a zoomed in. Another hint. Facebook picture. This is going to be so basic. The, her cover photo is clearly Lake Powell. Yeah, Lake Powell. And I'm going there next week. So this is all just like coming together nicely. I'll see you there, pal. You're, that's, we are. We're going to be there together. Right. We'll that's talk right. all about this at the lake. Oh, it'll be so good. We'll probably listen to it at the lake. <laughs> like, hi, did you guys hear this podcast? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Because <laughs> like, some of the people down there would know, but some wouldn't probably. God, yeah, that's true. We heard this yeah. podcast. You heard about all the Zach Wilson stuff? Listen to this pod. You know what's funny, dude? I you was just sit there coyly and then see which girls want to come talk to. Exactly. Us. And they're like, do you recognize any voices, maybe? <laughs> so yesterday I was working out with my nephew and his buddy. They mow lawns together. Uh, okay. <laughs> I work out. My name's Harper Anderson. Oh, sure. Out. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. I do work out. Anyway, so... Um, the, my nephew brings up my podcast to his friend, and at this point I'm kind of like, well, I mean, like, okay. It, he's just like, oh, that's cool. You have a podcast. And I was, he's like, what's the name of it? And I was like, Latter-day Takes. He's like, I think my mom listens to that. That's incredible. <laughs> well, I was going to say, that story went a little different direction. Again, you're, you pump fake me. <laughs> yeah. It's a Zach Wilson-esque. Pump Zigging fake, and zagging, so. dude. But, like, I would, I, I would think, like, oh, like, a younger generation, even from us, is, like, much more open to, like, oh, you've got a podcast. you got a YouTube yep, channel. Like, yep. Everyone's trying to do something, create things, like get out there. So, like to me, it's like, oh, the younger generation, like, oh, you got a podcast, that's cool. Like, tell me a little bit about it, or maybe it would have some interest. But like, oh no, my mom listens to that. Yeah, maybe she. It's a very mom centric story today. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I think that's how we got to close it. I think that's perfect. Walk off. That is a walk off right there. I'm out. This is In why the I'm... words of George Costanza, I'm out. You and might never hear me full... on this podcast again. Now we've come full circle, because that's literally how it started. In the words of George Costanza, John, this is why I bring you on, man. I freaking love it. Give the people what they want. Got to or don't want, but people. I'm here. <laughs> All right, brother. Pop the well, trunk. Let's do it. Let's let's close out awesome. right there. Much Thanks, appreciated. Thanks for having me on. This Thank was a very you. interesting episode. Oh, could not agree more. All right, so... What happened 
between me and Julie Hanks. So, obviously, last week I came out with the title Julie Hanks' Knee Whore. Backed it up, made some points. Essentially, the point overall being that what she expresses to her followers, at least in some form, is a lot like what Nihor expressed to his followers, which is basically customize the gospel, live the commandments in your way. She preaches essentially comfort over obedience. And that's really kind of a Nihor philosophy, right? Which was very prevalent in the Book of Mormon all throughout. And especially among the Lamanites, which I thought was kind of interesting. That a Nephite religion actually carried over to the Lamanites, who were obviously, for in large part, the most rebellious part of the Book of Mormon. Anyway, it's because it's an appealing, it's an appealing dogma. I mean, it kind of makes sense. It's like, hey, like, stay in the church, but just do it your way. It's like, okay, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense if you're going to be a part of any organization and you're just going to say, well, I'm only going to adopt the principles, the commandments, the rules, whatever, only in bits and pieces then why are you part of the organization? I'm not saying people should just leave because they don't want to be here. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you should really try and identify what is stopping you from trying to adopt these commandments, from being obedient. What's preventing you, right? Work through this, right? Discomfort is growth. If you're only going to be trying to be comfortable, you're not growing. Anyway, that's my belief, right? So I believe Julie Hanks in large part preaches the opposite. Now, the feedback I got, now I'm going to get into that before I go into the exchange back and forth between me and Dr. Julie Hanks over Twitter. And um, one was on Facebook, and she gave me a long response. And I asked. I asked for responses. I, I appreciated it. She said, one thing I've liked about Julie Hanks is that she's made me feel like I have a place in this church more than I have before. She's growing up, I've had issues with you know, men in positions of power and how to deal with that and she didn't go into details, but something along the lines of like, you know, feeling at least slighted, that's probably putting it very lightly. It could have been maybe verbal, emotional abuse, things like that. And I, I get that. That exists. That's a thing. It's absolutely terrible and it's awful. And I hate that it exists. I hate that. Um, but I understand that it, it is experienced. So what is the response there? And her whole point was that Dr. Hanks makes it like so she gives women a place in the church. Now, she didn't go into detail, so I don't really know exactly what her point is. And and maybe I agree with Dr. Hanks to, you know, some degree. Like maybe Julie Hanks comes up with these ideas that are like, hey, like you, you should still try and love yourself, not be hard on yourself, things like that, and not take everything that a priesthood leader says as doctrine, like your bishop, for example. Yeah, I would agree with that. But I think then it becomes a little bit twisted down the line where it's like, well, now you can actually just say however you want in your Temple Recommend interview and still be okay. Like, you know, I just think things get distorted a little bit down the road. So it may start okay, but then at the end, it's kind of like, well, may, we might be actually pushing it and maybe breaking some commandments here at, when, at the end of the day. So anyway, I, I digress. But we had a little bit of an exchange, and it was a nice back and forth, and that's where I was saying, like, I think it needs to be... I think obedience needs to be stressed more than comfort, and I think it's the exact opposite with Julie Hanks's philosophy, right? Which is very similar to what Nihor was expressing as well. So anyway, uh, I talked in a personal conversation with a with a good friend of mine's wife, and I'm friends with her too, um, but I just know her through my friend. And she was like, you know, like I follow Julie Hanks, and you know, I got some good stuff here and there, and it's um, 
it's it, it's been helpful because I feel like sometimes people judge me for maybe not wearing garments, whereas Julie Hanks emphasizes the that that's okay. And I I thought that was interesting because it's like well, the, the the overall question really isn't should how do you feel okay about not wearing garments? The real question is why don't you wear garments? Now we didn't really get into that part of it. I, and I love this girl. She's freaking great. She's she's so loving. She's so nice. We really emphasize the culture aspect of it because she said there's a culture of shame in the church, and I actually have a, a problem with that at a on a general level because I don't think shame is really. I don't think anybody can make you feel shame. I think shame is a tool of the devil, and I think only yourself, you, only you can make yourself feel shame. People can cast guilt, right? God does that all the time. Guilt can be a motivator. Guilt is a catalyst for us to like maybe, hey, we should do some self-reflection and we should change and we should be better and more obedient, things like that. It can be a great catalyst. It can also be a bad catalyst, right? Because if we feel guilty and we respond negatively and it's like, well, I didn't do anything wrong, so you're going to double down, then that's obviously a problem. Because we all want to avoid shame. It just comes down to how we want to do it. Do we want to avoid it, that cognitive dissonance that appears by adopting the standards and saying I want to be more obedient maybe I could be a little bit better about wearing my garments or do we want to adopt it by saying I shouldn't feel bad now that's that's a personal question I can't answer that I know what I would say I would say well there's a reason why I've been struggling wearing my garments why is that and should I feel more inclined to do this does that seem right to me you know not how do I feel better about this necessarily? Not saying that that was actually what my friend's wife was actually actually saying, but I'm just trying to apply it to myself specifically. So anyway, I hope I didn't lose you too madly, too badly there. But the idea being that there's not really a shame culture, I don't believe, because that would mean that it comes from the top down, right? That would mean that our leaders are telling us, hey, we need to cast shame on those that aren't believing the way that we believe, that aren't living the commandments the way that we live the commandments. And we all know that doesn't exist. It may exist on a micro level, right? It certainly does from person to person. We know that. And it may exist even in some small branches, wards. Maybe at the stake level, you get a stake president that's a little bit overzealous. But that's the key point. He's being overzealous. So how can we recognize when our leaders are being a little bit, hey, over the top? Maybe they're speaking out of turn here. And that brings up a whole new conversation, right? I just feel like Julie Hanks ventures into dangerous territory, right? I made that clear. I don't really need to reiterate that point. So I kind of went through last week just talking about it with individual people. There were a lot of people that reached out seriously that were like, hey, I appreciate what you said. It made sense. It resonated. I've kind of had issues before with things that she said, but the way you put it like made sense to me. So I appreciate it. That's why I do this, right? So anyway, uh, Sunday night, I believe. Is that right? Would that be, I think it was, it was either Saturday or Sunday night. I think it was Saturday night. It was Saturday night. I get this tweet, 11.10 p.m. And it's in response to my screenshot that I shared last week with everybody, which was Helaman1327 that was saying, hey, walk after the pride of your own hearts, your own eyes, do whatever your heart desireth. And I said, and I CC'd Julie Hanks, Rosemary Card, Papa Osler, uh, David Osler, Calvin Burke, Design Mall. Well, Julie Hanks responded Saturday night, and it was a screenshot of Matthew 7, 3 through 5. And it said, And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thy own eye? <laughs> and uh, and it ends with, Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam of the, out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote of thy brother's eye. <laughs> so obviously she's coming at me with the screenshot, just like I came at her, right? I get it. Okay, fair game. I took that. I quote tweeted it. 
and I said, I guess this would apply if I too charge $55 to tell people they can make their own commandments in church. Um, and then she responded. It's funny. I, I was like, I mean, this is going to end at any point now, but apparently I'm in her head. I'm in her head. So there's that. And you know what? There might be a reason why I'm in her head. I'm not sure why. I, I have my theories, right? Anyway, uh, so she's screenshots of the supporter page on Anchor, which is a default page that Anchor provides for all of their users. I didn't even really know it was a thing, but you can become a supporter of my podcast and you could give a monthly contribution and it gives you an option and you can give you payment method and all that stuff. And she says, says the person who takes money to support his LDS podcast. And I'm just like, wow, okay, amazing. So that's what she thinks of it. Okay, so this is what I said. I said, LOL, equivalences are hard, but here we go. You have a paywall for followers to access your Nihor dogma. I have a free podcast for all that sometimes, for all that, sorry, I have a free pod, I missed a comma there, that's on me. I have a free podcast for all that sometimes challenges your antichrist philosophy. Donations are not only optional, but a default by anchor. P.S. Please come on for episode 100. Oh, I would love that so much. I don't think there's any way. But my goodness, would I love that. And then she responded to that and said, I provide free content daily and a weekly podcast. If people want to buy a course, they can. Just like if people want to donate to your podcast, they can. So then I said, oh, okay. So the default donation, donations in all caps, the default donations that Anchor provides its users is the exact same thing as your $55 plus paywall. Got it. And the answer is, of course, it's not. It's different. But went over her head. I think a lot of things do. I would not expect necessarily somebody to have a lot of illogical gaps when it comes to following the commandments and how she tells her followers to basically customize the gospel to understand the difference between my free podcast that allows people to give donations to it by default and her paywall that is a basically instructional customization of the gospel how you want to live it is the best way but it's over her head like probably a lot of things apparently i know i'm being a little rude right now i'll be honest but i got a lot of things i need to improve on that's definitely one of them you know i i was actually kind of reflecting on this a lot too i was just like why am i doing this right i'm not i'm not doing this for gain I'm not trying to get more followers, but yeah, obviously I want followers. There's no question about that. I, I think I have some good things to say and share. So why not? Put it out there, right? The reason why I go after people like Julie Hanks is because I believe that some people may have issues with her and they haven't been able to articulate it. That is literally what people told me in the last few days. And they think there might be something off, but they're not sure how. And I'm merely trying to shine a light on the reasons why I do think it's problematic, why I do think there could be potential issues down the line when it comes to, hey, maybe you should just try and be comfortable instead of trying to, you know, work through your discomfort to be more obedient. Because I've been very uncomfortable when it comes to the gospel. Living without a temple recommend is not easy. It's not fun. Having to not, not being able to take the sacrament in front of your own nieces and nephews having to opt out of a baby blessing because you're not worthy like that's those are very uncomfortable things i'm not sitting there saying 
well, it's the church that has to change because I'm doing just fine. I'm not doing just fine. The church clearly has the components that make a happy life. I've felt it. I've experienced it. I've seen it. And I'll share a lot more along my experiences at some point in the podcast. That I promise you, but now is not the time. I know what the church has in order to help me. So I know I need to adjust to the church. I'm not going to adjust the gospel or the church to me because I'm wildly imperfect. I do a lot of things wrong. And I'll continue to learn. Hopefully, I learn with less of a severity in terms of how I have to learn. But time will tell. Anyway, just wanted to share that all with you. I hope that also resonated. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Once again, I will not catch you next week. We'll catch you in two weeks. Thank you again to John for coming on. That was awesome. Appreciated it. Hope you all enjoyed the episode. And we'll see you in two weeks. To a different time. Oh, love, I remember falling so madly. There must have been magic in the valley and a rhythm in the night. Cause I could almost see it. Did you fade right out of you? If it takes time, I'm